Hi, I'm Derek Russell, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Don't know if you've heard or not, but t-shirts are for sale, as are hoodies, all on the geekoutonline.com store. You can get to it by going to geekoutonline.com, clicking on t-shirts, and then you can buy your gold t-shirt or hoodie. As for this episode, we're going to do a little bit of a video game talk, tell you about t-shirts, read a few emails, tell you about t-shirts, all with a very special guest host on this, your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is the official podcast of geekoutonline.com, your safe place to geek out, and I am your host, Big Honk and Steve. Glad to be with you today. I know that I said it was going to be a monthly thing, but I've got t-shirts to pimp, so uh, we're, we're back, you know, a week later, so we got to get these things sold. Uh, with me today, I'm really excited because we've been talking about it now since the last time he was on, and we always... We've even been told we need to do a nightly podcast, so I don't know how that's going to work out. But uh, he is my podcasting partner for life, and and there's no one that that fills that emptiness quite like he does. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the producer and founder of Starkville's House of Ale. He is uh, one of the greatest podcasters ever to grace the face of the internet, and he's my good friend, Derek Russell. I was able to drink an entire Sprite in that, during that introduction. It's, That's how well, long it's, that took. That listen, shouldn't have been that long. Hold on. Let me go back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go get the, the media. Back. Here we go. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to go get the media junkyard introduction that was given to us Dude, and that just play that. Hour. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that could just like I told Rob at the end of that. I was like, we can play that at the funeral. That's Steve I, and I are right. going to be it's, buried together anyway. It's, so. it's my eulogy. <laughs> At this point, what does it matter? Just just dual funeralists. That's right. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be buried face down so people have a place to park their bike. <laughs> Anyhow, how you doing? Look, they had to give me open casket because they couldn't close it. <laughs> I'm doing good. I, I I like being here. My my pro, my problem with being here is this. Um. I love Geek Out Loud. I, love, Didn't I love know you had you a problem here. with it. I do have a small problem with this. Okay. Um, I love Geek Out Loud. I love what you do here. That was one of the reasons I definitely wanted you to be on Star Wars House of L. And now, of course, you're running things over there. No, you're but, running things. I'm just your messenger. No, I'm the guy behind the green curtain. I read Ooh, the I read the scripts that you type up and send to me. Um, 
I'm Steve Glosson, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. Hello, um, welcome to Starkville's House of L. <laughs> what episode is this? I do not remember. Dude, when did Vicky from Small Wonders start hosting <laughs> Starkville's House of L? Here's my problem with Geek Out Loud. As much as I love the show, I think it was the second time I was on... Yeah. Was the Muppets? Oh, you, we peaked. We can't top that. No, you can't. Like, we and can't that's even not do even a... saying that everybody always tweets us about it or emails in or make or makes reference. It's like episode fourteen or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it was like yeah. A four in there. That's everybody talks about the what the hey episode. They're right. like the Muppet Stephen Derrick episode. They're like it's great. And I feel like that's really where you and me found our stride in oh podcasting. My gosh. Well, it was such a, it was the middle of the summer. I remember that day so clearly because it was such a busy day for me. I was getting ready to go out of country the next day and and was just so anxious to try to get this thing laid out, get it done and and get rolling, you know, and 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 I just knew I needed to get a podcast out before I went out of country. Of course I didn't. But um but That's what it you was get like let's the country. Yeah. But it was like Let's uh let's get this let's bang this thing out in about an hour. Let's do a short one, and then like two and a half hours later, we're giggling like little girls over. Well, that's the thing, and I think we've talked about it before. We didn't want to do it. <laughs> we had that option. We needed to record one show or the other. It, yeah, it was either that or Sky Next, wasn't it? Yeah, that shows that says a lot for Sky Next, <laughs> and because um, that was before the old man in the mountains and Herbert the pervert yes. and all that stuff. That's yeah. what Sky Next was like. We gotta get another one out. Hi, Steve. welcome to Skynex. Yeah, Steve's like, God, do we have to do this? <laughs> My name is Steve Glosson, along with me is Derek Russell. Hi, and we're going to talk to you about. <laughs> Let's get into our recap, shall we? Put your shoes on. We're at Grandma's. Phil, <laughs> hmm. this is Gil. Gil, <laughs> I'm Gil. He goes back to Muppets. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was like, all right, he was like, you're leaving the country. It was like we really didn't need to get this guy next. Well, out, you, you had something going on too. Out. Like you were getting ready to go to Florida the next yeah, day. Yeah, I was something. going like a family vacation, so I needed to go too. So we were just trying to perpetuate podcasts. At that point, we were like, "Let's just get one of them done." And we people we, have to know we exist. We peaked. that was we did. We really did. And like I said, moment. I'm not saying that from the from the people's perspective. I'm saying that from ours because in all the times we've recorded since then, which has probably been a hundred or so times. Oh sure, oh sure. I, well, now, I don't know. I'm going to tell you something. Shoe 100. See, I don't remember Shoe 100. Well, that's because it was such a blur blur of a recording week. I mean, that was the podcasting week from hell. And here's but the other to, thing about Shoe 100. I've never gone back and listened to it. Oh, my, dude, you really need to. Uh, like, serious I, I business. It wasn't on for me that night, if I remember correctly. Oh, it was, dude. You were so on. We had such a good time. Like we turned, I turned it almost into a "This is your life" kind of thing, and made you tell the story. And then just, and then we just, yeah, you put. We didn't know what you were gonna do, and you were like, "Spotlight, Derek, talk." Like, (laughs) and then it's what it became. It became "This is your life," and Steve became the host. And here are all these people from your past that are coming to show you how much of a failure you really are. Now, Derek, here, here's Graham, and here's Will. Yeah, who is Houston? (laughs) You know. We then talked we're going to have a variety all... song and dance number, and then we're going to come back in, and we're going to bid you over and spank you for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that was a good show. And then, But see, you did so much editing in that, too, to make it just perfect. 
you know, at, at Geek Out, at goal number 14, I was still such an amateur. I still am an amateur at everything I do, you know, because every now and again, I'll end up sounding like this, and it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, I don't know what I'm doing. Help us. I don't have that take. button. I really, like, my greatest regret is not having that button. <laughs> because for me, I could go back in and post and do that, but where's the fun in that? Right, Because th- right. it wasn't there. It wasn't, and and th- the thing with Skype is, like, when we were recording the phone, it. I can't hear it. So like but now you can hear it. When your voice goes up, I know you're doing it on the phone, but we're doing it through Skype right now, and I can actually hear the echo. <laughs> you can, well, let's actually give you the effect then. Yes. Guilty. Guilty. People, um, people really don't care about what we have to say. <laughs> no, no. They're like, what, what, are these, the what are these two idiots going to laugh at this it's time? Like, no, I, but Chew 100 was awesome, dude. Like, I still, when I go back, I, I still will go back and mark that as unplayed so it'll sync up to my iPod just so I can listen to it. And I'll be honest with you, prior to this most recent season of Smallville getting started, that's how I got myself psyched up to podcast Smallville in this new season, was going back and listening to, to episode 100. Well, we should open up to the people, because a lot of your listeners are Skynex fans and, and Shoe oh, fans. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. We should... I wasn't... That wasn't a cut. That was just... <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, I can't tell you. Of course, you listen, so you know how many emails I get. It's like, hey, heard you on Shoe. Then I decided to check out Skynex, and finally I went to geek out loud. <laughs> Hey, don't don't hate. Because back in the day, that was how we got everything from Tenth Wonder. Everybody was like, uh, "Oh, I called Tenth Wonder," and then there was Tangent. So now I'm <laughs> checking out Shoe. The funniest thing now is though, even though Shoe, Shoe has, is like rocking the house, well, Shoe was blowing up like four years later. But yeah. here's the thing though, like I've seen so many emails lately. There's like, "Hey, um, loved you and Steve on Skynext." And that show ended, so I just came over to Shoe to hear you guys laugh. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'm glad they're listening. Whatever yeah. it may be. Um, so should we open it up to the people? What What's their favorite thing that the you and I have done together? Favorite Derek and Steve, yeah. Episode. I'd love to hear that. I would love to hear emails of, of bits that you've heard Derek and I do together that that you think, or if, or if you think that the Muppets episode was our peak. Yeah, if 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 you like, they've already turned this off. They're like, ah, I heard fourteen already. Can't get any better. That's Quick. right. <laughs> yeah, if you've already turned it off, email us. Let us know you did so. <laughs> so. Are they not talking puppets? I'm done. I'm through. I'm through. Well, you know, I had one email last episode uh, by a lady named Pam, and she was talking about how she wasn't into Star Wars. She thought Smallville was boring. She didn't like all this stuff that I was into, but she listened to our shows because we made her laugh. And and I was like, my lanta lady, what? How? You know that just so blew do, me away. So this talk of a nightly talk show, because this is getting big. I mean, this is this is starting to become a real thing, and now you've got the radio show. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, should should we figure out some way to broadcast nightly? Because I mean, here, I'm gonna put it out right here. If if Smallville goes to season ten, I'm coming back on shoot with you. I know, and I'm so got my fingers crossed for season ten now. Yeah. I'm what going. an epic way to round out that show, though, for you to have been gone a season and then to come back. And to finish up, hey, if Superman like I get, left Earth, and I get freaking chills. Is that good? Okay. Oh man, yeah, that's a like. So you don't come on small. You don't come on Starkville's Houseville anymore this season. Give me my time to shine, and then <laughs> now look. <laughs> I don't care about absolute justice. I really don't care anything. I, and I'll even let the season finale go. But there's one thing you and I have to do this season. 
and that will be that you and I have never gotten to do, and that's you, me, and our best friend forever, Brian Austin Green. Oh, in an yes. episode together because we all yes. three need to do that episode. We do the next month when Metallo comes back. That's a definite the three of us. We know Metallo. Yeah, and you know we haven't been on at the same time with that guy. That's what I'm saying. Do you think he'll get a word in edgewise? No, me either. But back to this know. whole nightly podcast thing. Should we do it? I don't know how we could. I don't either. To be honest with you, I mean, I just unless unless we're both unless that's our living, unless somehow we're able to make a living from it, I don't see how we could. So if anybody out there actually does own some sort of national radio station and comes across us. And you want to be an investor in, what would we call it? Steric. Steric. <laughs> That's a little esoteric for the general audience, isn't it? Esoteric steric. Esoteric. <laughs> I'd say we steal tangent. i say we, t- we would take tangent. That's fine. And just slap it to that. I'm okay with that. And that way, people kind of know what to expect. Well, that's what I was saying, you know, Pam, if if I may, Pam. Pam yes. was talking about um, her not, not really enjoying anything that we're into. Right. But, the, I mean, if we did a show that was, a, that was, if we did a show about nothing. Well, if we took the Big Honkin' show and just did it nightly. Well, I'm not going to take Big Honkin' show away from you. But I'm well, saying I mean, if I'm we just, actually... It's if, that kind of format, though, where we just sit around. Like, you and I have the... You know, that's one thing I'll say, you know, when, when we come in the studio on Saturday mornings, Buck and I, we've got to have those oh, wacky right. news you, stories. Are, to, well, it just lost all momentum for me. I know. Him. <laughs> oh, Lord, here we go. Fuck. Here we go. But, no, it takes those wacky stories to kind of get us going. You know, for me and you, we can just kind of come on and be like, what's up? What have you done today? And then just go from there. Like the phone call earlier today, Derek. <laughs> Derek called Derek called me up and I said, I'm gonna mess with him because the this is a let's pull the curtain back as we were wont to do. The thing that Derek and I do to each other is if I call Whoa. Derek or What? <clears throat> what? It, it if I call Derek or Derek calls me Whoever's answering the phone is going to try to get the caller laughing right off the bat. Yes, it's been that way for <laughs> for year and forever. a half now. Yeah. yeah. So, so today I'm like I'm going to go the route. Wait, of, but this was two years. What we just we missed our two year anniversary. We sure did. Happy we, anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get you anything. <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get you anything either, buddy. I was gonna so. go to the well. You were coming to the Star Wars concert, me and then oh, Dave man. Jones that showed been a up. Great! Blah, blah, oh my blah. gosh! And Steve Gleason stepped in. That would have been a great two-year anniversary Steve gift. Steve Gleason is the best friend that I can ever. What is? He's actually one year is the paper anniversary, so it would have been good for last year. But that, it's fine. It's fine. He's he's thin, and he brought you food. You went with Dave um, Jones. It's fine. But yeah. oh, Lord, <laughs> but we uh, but. But so he called, Derek calls me today, and I'm like, I'm really going to just kind of mess with him. I'm going to go the complete opposite route. And so I pick up the phone, and I hit I hit the, the button to answer because he's calling me on my cell. And I just kind of put up my phone, and I go, <coughs> hello. Hello. And Derek, <laughs> and Derek, you go off on this great bit about, 
Like, I don't even know what, what struck me, but it, it became this whole situation where Steve needed his own introduction, introduction team to, it, 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 ladies and gentlemen, here he comes, the one you've been calling, it rang nine <laughs> times, here he, hold on, he's tying his shoe, wait a minute, it's, hold on, there's a sandwich, he's, okay, he's gonna eat the, okay, he's back, here we go, <laughs> Well, it's, the, it's the whole thing of like, here he is, the guy that you called Steve Glosson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> it was just, it was very lackluster. It was this, like, that was the thing. It was this huge buildup of his hand like rustling the bottom of the phone, and it sounded like he dropped it down the staircase. I was expecting this. Oh my god, Derek, and that guy got the phone back and this huge explanation, and it was like 30 seconds, and then it was just, you know. <laughs> that was all I got. I was like, really? I waited that long for that? that like, he, I got didn't news. Even, he didn't even try to make me laugh. I didn't I got- think. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, I don't, like, you never even got the point across why you called. I don't remember. <laughs> like I know, like there, like by the time we were done, like I don't remember. I called. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. What time are we doing this tonight? Kind of thing. Um, and then there was the other thing <laughs> that I got you on. I like getting you to laugh. Like I like it when I make you laugh. I see. There's this whole thing. You you remember there was that debate? Maybe it was on the old shoe forums mm-hmm. about which of us had the better laugh. Right. And still, this day, people say, you know, they argue on which of us has better. I can't stand my laugh. I hate my laugh. I like I, I laugh is one of the main reasons I hate recording <laughs> because I can't stop. If something gets but, me laughing, I cannot stop. That's and, what I love. I love to get you going to the point like you just can't. You but can't. You stop. have the most jovial ghost of Christmas present <laughs> laugh in the entire world, and I it, like it makes me so, like you can't hear your voice and hear you happy and not be happy. <laughs> It takes me back to Dragon Con when we're in the hotel and I'm just kind of chilling. You're like, oh my God, what's wrong with Steve? <laughs> I'm like, just sitting no. there. It's like I went and started poking him with a stick. I was like, why did he move it? What was, why isn't he doing a little bit for me or something? He should be dancing at all times. But no, I shot you an email and I was trying to, because we're going to be, oh my That's gosh. That's what let's, it was. That let's was, pimp was. ourselves out. We, I, I'm, we're going to be on Flicks upcoming soon. Uh, doing their Christmas special on Die Hard, you and I. Yeah, so look for that and, next, depending on when this and, comes out, look for that the week yeah, of the 14th. Yeah, and I was touching base with you about that and about the recording tonight, and I was kind of getting a few sentences on there, and I said, you know what, I'll just call. And, and I hit send. <laughs> like, I emailed, you know what, I'll just call. Then I hit send. Like, I and then <laughs> I gave you time to get that email, then I called you. It's... <laughs> We are laughing. Uh, you really wreck things when you do that, Steve. I know. <laughs> so we say all that in the first 25 minutes of the show to say, welcome, Derek. So glad you're here. <sighs> That's usually when things start going down. We get the first yes. 25 minutes of Google's out, and then I say something stupid, and then it's like, oh. Uh. Well, you, I said the stupid thing. I know, but um, that's what you always do. That's what you've done the past few times. You introduce me. It's like we and say we all go- that to say twenty minutes later. Well, Dude, on the last I'm episode of Shoot. everything, I'm not even meaning. I'm you. I've become I, you. I, well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's crazy. On the last episode of Shoe, 
it literally, I started a point, and then 43 minutes later, I finished it. Well, I love, and on the, there was some mention that it took 27 minutes to mention Clark Kent. Right, but but in the uncut or in the edited version, that only took five. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was. You did a great job of editing that, but the uncut version just trips me out because I know I remember it being the forty-three minute mark where I had started something a good half an hour before, and at forty-three minutes I came well, back around. Your ability to retain to to things uh, from earlier in recording, like you have the 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 God-given gift to. I mean, there could be like a like a little four second joke between us that we laugh at, and then you're somehow able an hour later to tie it back to that joke from an hour ago. You do the same thing. thing, though. That's one of the things about you. When we were on Media Junkyard, man, you kept coming back with "Write It in Braille." The GFY Stevie Wonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Write it in Braille. Um, <clears throat> I shouldn't have said had that. Some, I apologize. We that's okay. We've had some good times though. You and I just being guests on other shows. Like, I'm really ready to hang up all the shows that we do on a regular basis and just be the floating guest host. Well, we have talked about... um, Charging for our appearances. Yeah, charging for our appearances. (laughs) Um, Now, theoretically, when, when you book Steve and myself, you it will all proceeds will be given to a charity of our choice. The thing you don't see is that this charity is the Steve Glosson Foundation. That's right. That's right. The the human fund. The human fund. Uh, which goes George was which, which goes to perpetuate these T shirts that are for sale. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. I was trying to get there Segway. somehow. <laughs> we have gold T shirts and hoodies available. You can head over to geekoutonline.com, click on the little tab that says T shirts. The T shirt itself is a red shirt. Uh, with the the Geek Out Loud logo on the front, and it looks really cool. the The hoodie itself is a black hoodie with the Geek Out Loud logo, and then that stenciled uh, logo up at the top of the back with the with the website and everything. There, it's a great way. I mean, they're I feel like they're a pretty good price for online clothing that you won't find anywhere else. It's a great way to show off your geek colors, help out the show, and uh, we're I've really got a goal of selling a hundred. We had some issues with the store and the way the store was set up. Um, earlier last week, and so the cutoff date for pre-orders was going to be the 15th. I'm moving that up a week now to the 22nd. I mean, there was there was no way these things were going to get to you by Christmas anyway. So <laughs> Let's be totally honest. <laughs> let's just be honest. If you're getting this Christmas be- gift, not going to happen. Because what's happening is, is at the cutoff date, those, that's the cutoff date for ordering shirts altogether. The 22nd, beyond that, unless there's a huge demand for it, we won't be doing any more shirts for a while. And, uh, and then those orders will go to the printer. The printer will then get the shirts printed up, and then we'll get them shipped out to you. Uh, there's really no middleman in this thing, um, so we're able to keep costs down a little bit. But, um, but I think they're a great-looking shirt. They're going to be on good quality material and good quality work. So head over to geekoutonline.com, click on T-shirts, and, and get yours now because it's good stuff. It'll be worth it. I promise you. Trust me. I'm a doctor. Derek? Doctor. Doctor. Now, um, I want to talk to you briefly about um, something very near and dear to my heart before we continue any further. And okay, that that is the Geek Out Loud t-shirts. Um, hmm. It's... I've not heard of these. It's hard to even get through this, so you're going to have to bear with me. These children... Okay. They don't, they don't have Geek Out Loud t-shirts. They don't know. 
They've never known a Geek Out Loud t-shirt, Steve. They don't know that it's a safe place. They don't know that it's a safe place. A child safely wrapped in a Geek Out Loud hoodie is a safe child. That's true. And um, so just just please open up your hearts and your wallets. Yes. And and give generously to the Steve Glosson Fund and the Geek Out Loud t-shirts. They are the official t-shirt of the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And I know that we do have a lot of kids that listen. Uh, get your parents to go order for you. Show them how. Uh, everything is done. Do, now we have to do zany music. Oh, kids, get yeah. your t-shirts. <laughs> Be sure to ask your parents to get online. <laughs> um, it's the grand no. prize game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bozo the Clown. Here we go. First huge geek out moment. Dude, I used to love some Bozo back in the day and it always perplexed me when a kid would get up there and miss that first bucket on the grand I prize know. that's like like that's the adult equivalent of somebody missing the first round on who wants to be a millionaire exactly but it's the same <laughs> childlike nature because i had the exact same reaction when somebody lost on the first question on the hundred dollar question as i did on the the first bucket i'm like what it, no, well, and it was not? it was yeah, it was never that I was mad. I just felt bad for the kid. I was like, come on, Bozo, give him another chance. I didn't feel bad for the kid. I would be like, all right, next. <laughs> I was like, I want to see somebody get it. What's funny is that show came on like WGN. Sunday mornings. Re- no, I remember it coming on weekdays. I do lot. remember weekdays. It- I think towards the end, though, it was only coming on Sunday mornings. Well, see, I wasn't watching it toward the end, but... um. Oh, but I remember as a as a, as a as a as a little kid, man, like because it would come on during school, and so I always equate Bozo with being sick and being out of school, because that's when I'd really get to that's, watch it. That's what I equate the, the facts year. of life with. So, oh, nice. The show, yeah. not so, the actual. I understand. Ooh. So there you go, Damien Holbrook. Hey, Damien Holbrook. <laughs> He's listening. Um, <laughs> probably not. No. Probably not to this one. So yeah, when you go have we him on get here, Damien. Yeah. I don't know. I need to talk to him. I'll talk to him next time he's on. Uh, sure. Next time, next time he's on the show. Um, but anyhow, Derek, you're here with us. Glad you're here. So we marked off all the t-shirt pimping. We have well for now. For now, it's coming for back. Now. You wait. That's right. <laughs> when you're least expecting it, bam! T-shirt. You won't even know it. You'll be ordering. You'll be like, "What just happened? I didn't even mean to." <laughs> Where did that come from? We, um, now, we should set some sort of system. You've set a 100-episode goal, uh, and something will happen on Geek Out Loud if that goal happens. I don't know if you actually want to admit to that on the show or not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If, um, for those of you who are Twilight fans, if we sell the 100 t-shirt, because that is, that's really where I need to do to really make this thing matter in the scope of things. Um, if we can sell 100 shirts, any combination of T-shirts, hoodies, you know, 50 shirts, 50 hoodies, 40 shirts, 60 hoodies, whatever the case may be. Um, He's not. If, if beggars we, can't be choosers at this point. Right, right. The thing is, if we get 100 pieces sold, then I will have our friends Kim and Jen and even Carm823 from Twitter on to talk Twilight. And I will not bash said movie. I will not be overly critical We'll have a good time talking about Robert Pattinson and Kristen, whatever her name is. Stuart, and Stuart yeah. And uh, 
and we'll talk Twilight. So looking for that 100 shirt mark. And then someone said, if you sell 200 shirts, will you not talk Twilight? And I said, most definitely. So we need like a 75 so, mark. You know, I was just sitting here thinking you were talking about our personal appearances. We've got a bunch coming up. Yes. Yeah. I think we're so, going to be back on Media Junkyard in January, too. What? Aren't we going to be back? A do what? Aren't we going to be back on for um, Superman Returns? Are we? I believe that is true. Oh, then yes, we will be. You're going to have to be the lead dog in that race, sir. That's fine. Um, I didn't know that, but I'm excited about that. I listen. I'll go. Those guys, anytime they want to have me on Media Junkyard, I'll be there. No, if 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 we do this this joint deal, it has to be us. Anytime they want us. Well, on. I'm just saying. I don't know how you feel. I'm fine being on. But anytime I'm they here want us, I mean, if I do this, I'll do yeah. anything. Well, okay. buy a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we got that. We've got the flicks thing coming up. Uh, I'm going to be on the Christmas. Yeah, we've got the charity thing that Boston, Chris in Boston just got a hair the other day to raise some money for Autism Speak. So he went on and he he roped you into it and he roped uh, someone else. Robin, uh, associated with Robin the, and, and then Colleen from um, Colleen the from the Jay and Jack family. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he 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 roped them into doing. He said if we can raise X amount of dollars for Autism Speaks by five o'clock, then myself and these people will do a Twilight commentary. Well, it said, let me they tell you, said we were going to do we were going to do like an MST3K of um, New, moon? New Moon, and then he okay. said if we get X amount of dollars on top of that, we'll do Twilight and New Moon, and I'll try and get Big Honkin' on for Twilight. Right, and he said that he put posted all that without asking me at all. By the way. What's funny is I saw the first part about the new moon thing, and, and I was kind of like, this is how selfish and evil I am. I was kind of bummed out because I was getting ready to go and, and pimp T-shirts on Twitter. And I'm like, well, I can't do that now. He's, he's <laughs> posting charity stuff. Those T-shirts, again, are available at geekoutonline.com. Just click on the T-shirt button. Um, but uh, but he, uh But so that, that panned out. I've never watched Twilight and in fact, when we do that, I'm not going to watch Twilight now, until I the moment we're sitting down to do the commentary. It, ever. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a so, lot more real for you. Yeah, everything's going to be my fresh reaction, and I cannot wait. Um, and th- just so because... I, I think it's you're going to do Twilight, and I'm going to do New Moon. Right. And we're not going to be together. Which is, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, it pro- we'd be off on some other... I don't know. Yeah, we we, we so would, we'd be like, oh, what just happened? We missed ten minutes of the movie. Someone would tweet Chris in Boston and be like, at Chris in Boston, I thought you guys were going to do a Twilight commentary. What was all this talk about Fraggle Rock? <laughs> you know, it'd be it would end up being something like that. I don't remember know? Muppet Vampires? <laughs> <laughs> the Count, man. Oh, Sesame Street's Count. Yeah, Count von Count. That, that would mean to get back into an earlier argument between you and me that Sesame Street characters are Muppets. They are. Well, Fraggles aren't. I think they are too. No. But anyhow. Did we? <clears throat> did I have this discussion with you about the actual size of Fraggles versus like Muppet Family Christmas? E- kinda. I mean, I kind of, I agree with you that Fraggles aren't necessarily Muppets. Yeah, but I'm just talking They're- about like if you think about the size of a the fraggles are to like Doc, and yeah. Sprocket, 
And then right. you think about the size Kermit would be it is to Doc. Right. Shouldn't the Fraggles be small to the Muppets as well? Well, they're about the size of Robin. And I thought they were smaller. I thought they were like... Don't you remember Muppets Family Christmas? Weren't they about the size of Robin? That's the prop. That's the inconsistency. I don't think that's inconsistent because those Fraggle holes are big. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into some emails. Where can I order from. a Geek Out Online t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> how do I order a Geek Out... Dear Steve, how do I order a Geek Out Loud shirt or hoodie? No, this comes from uh, Andrew Jackson, old Stonewall. For those of you who may be Civil War geeks. He says, hey Steve, been a long time listening to the show. I happen to be a Georgia native myself, just a little north of Atlanta. I just want to say hi and thanks for the show. I work for a tire shop with two quote-unquote rednecks... Uh, which shared no interest with me. Whenever I see a new podcast, it brings joy to me here to know that I have friends in the Geek Out Nation. Just want to say thanks for the work. By the way, how's the new Big Honkin' show going, and what did you think of G.I. Joe? I myself enjoyed it very much. And that's from Stonewall Andrew Jackson. Derek, we haven't talked about G.I. Joe from this past summer. Yes, we have. You called me right afterwards. You said that's the best 80s movie ever. Oh, Oh, I know that is my take on it. What was your take on it? Um, Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it before you. Okay. Um, we were actually going to see it the same night, and then you something happened, you couldn't go. It wasn't I'm like sure we were planning girl- to go. We were like, oh I'm my sure God, let's, let's text stuff. each other while we're both in the theater. It wasn't like that. <laughs> which, which we'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, street cred. Uh, <laughs> um... What were we saying? Uh, oh, oh, oh! What do you think Joe. of What do you think of GI Joe: The Rise it, of it Cobra? Was, it was sort of the. It was. It was. You know, it was like they did the Transformers. You know, there was only so much that could be done with it and taken seriously, and I I enjoyed it uh, for what it was. I didn't think it was. You know, I was actually really surprised because that when that trailer came out, I was like, "Oh my god!" And they're wearing the suits, and this is going to be terrible. And the guy from the Mummy directed. I don't even know who wrote it, but. Um, <laughs> I actually had fun. Ash Ash Miller wrote it. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, I what hated Agent did? Cody Banks, so... No, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't think it was a bad... No, because I'm sitting here saying it wasn't a bad... I, I was sitting here rooting... I mean, I was sitting here rooting for G.I. Joe the whole time. You know, I was yeah. in my chair like, Go, Joe! Let's just do this! <laughs> um... Um... I I really I thought some I, the special effects were amazing. I thought I I thought that they were touch and go. I thought where well, the the bigger set pieces were really good were really done well. Um, the Eiffel Tower and well, all that yeah, stuff. But a I lot mean, of the stuff we saw in the in the previews and then the final battle scene I thought was done pretty well. But then there were some other moments where it was like oh, yeah, the stuff in the know. beginning though with the the airship attacking them on the road. Yeah, all that was yeah. great. Like I, yeah. like oh, I was yeah. totally yeah. sold by the movie at that point. I mean, it really. I mean, when you take these things from our childhood, 
uh, like this and like Transformers. And I know you enjoyed Transformers too. I for what it, I mean, I did not go into it expecting Oscar worthy performances either. Right, you know, I, right. I went in just to have a good time, and I had a good time. Um, and I mean, we're going to see more of this in the coming years. That they're going to try and do He Man and things like this that you can only take so seriously in a film. It's not Casablanca. Sure. So I mean, sure. if you just, if you go into it like that, and I, I don't know, it's, you almost have to go into it like a kid. Yeah, yeah. I come back to and it's and I've told everybody this. If this had been the GI, if this had been a GI Joe movie made in the mid to late eighties, this would be one of our favorite movies of all time. Probably. I mean, I really think that I really think that it held up to the source material in as much as it was a great, that just the structure of the movie, everything else. Um, I'm really tempted to let Cobra Commander come in and give his review of the movie at some point. Uh, Cobra Commander. <laughs> I was quite surprised at the portrayal of me. Um, there's something else I was going to say about. It. I don't know. I just, I, re- I, you, like I said, you kind of have to go into it with that childlike wonderment, yeah, and just yeah. enjoy it for what it is. I mean, they made it just so people to go have a good time. I mean, in twenty look, if years, somebody, I'll I'm look like at you, it like I do, Masters of the Universe now, right? Well, I'm like you. I don't know who wrote it. But whoever it was, they saw Star Wars. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, from, if they wrote a movie, God, uh, they should have seen Star Wars. But <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is like, right? Just the whole plot of you know, I don't know. The I, there was so many moments where I'm like, this is like Star Wars, especially in the climax, because you had a trench run, you had a big space battle, and you had a sword fight going on. I was like, oh, somebody has watched Star Wars. Yeah. So, someone has seen Star Wars 300 times. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Matthew. He says, I'm listening to the Force cast from August 7th, and apparently being on Geek Out Loud is very therapeutic. He says, okay, it's later now, and I wanted to share with you my G.I. Joe story. When G.I. Joe came on TV in the 80s, I would watch it on weekday afternoons. In those days, you had a whole part of the day blocked out for cartoons, and it was hosted by Major Astro. He was an older gentleman that dressed up in a spacesuit and acted like he was control of what cartoons you watched from his control panel. It was great. I even joined his fan club. Wow. Anyways, I wonder, where was yeah. this? I wonder. Uh, let's. I don't know where he's from, but that's obviously one of those local. We you know, had uh, we had things. Joe Cool. We just had the cartoons come on. We had Joe Cool from WPTY Fox out of Memphis. Do you, do you remember? Um, like on CBS, they had like a whole thing where you, when they'd cut the commercials, like kids running the behind the scenes stuff. Vaguely, yeah, uh, I remember that some of that stuff on on Saturday mornings. He says, uh, anyways, in that time of my life, my parents wouldn't let me get any GI Joe toys because they were violent. I could watch the cartoon though. Hmm. One day I was on the bus and someone asked what I had won. I was confused. I don't remember winning anything. They said they saw my name scroll across the TV screen during Major Astro's segment. They said they. S- <clears throat> I started to get excited. I remember coming home late one evening with my parents and found a small package on our porch from the TV station. It was a G.I. Joe toy. My parents were gracious and let me keep it and play with it. It was a Jeep with a gun on top and a driver. I felt so awesome winning something. What a feeling. Now, I do know on our local station, when the G.I. Joe miniseries, the first one, like those first five episodes with the Weather Dominator or whatever it was, when they aired, 
there was like some kind of giveaway locally where like it wasn't just a Jeep. It was like a whole stinking collection at the time. Did they do anything like that for you in Mississippi? I don't remember. Because, um, see, I don't remember a whole lot of cartoons because when it came afternoon time for us, we got Superboy and um, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. That was a lot later on than where I was in life. Well, you're a few years older than me. I'm, I'm a f- I know. I'm a little bit older than you. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. Our I'm just saying. I do came remember on in the morning, and then you would go to school. Like I <laughs> yeah. would watch GI Joe and He Man and stuff in the morning, and then go to school. Oh and then wow! In the really? Would be uh, Superboy and the Mario and Luigi Brothers show and and stuff like that. Yeah, all our cart like Smurfs and everything was morning time. Huh? For me. Well, now Smurfs were always Saturdays in the mornings for us. When we got up, I do. It was <laughs> well, Mask well, and Inspector Gadget. Smurfs not new. For you? I guess it was new for me. Yeah, they were new for me. Yeah, it was like a new episode every Saturday until the I summer. I think I was hitting syndication there, son. Okay, gotcha. Well, we had, uh, in the mornings for us, for me, it was Mask and Inspector Gadget. And then I'd yeah, come home in the afternoons, Gadget. and I remember vividly, I don't remember the station in Athens, Georgia, and maybe some of you guys from up around North Georgia can help me remember what the name of the station was. But there was the Ghostbusters, not the real Ghostbusters, but the Filmation Ghostbusters. Um, that was usually preceded by reruns of Scooby-Doo. But then there was the Ghostbusters, He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, sometimes Voltron. It like it like interchanged between Voltron and some other stuff there as it waned on to that it's, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock hour before the news. It's super Yes. Um, this guy has some... Uh, Matthew has some... G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra observations. Nanotechnology worked on multiple levels. Mind control, metal-eating termites, healing. And it gave it the movie... He said it gives the movie the fantasy element it needed that was in the old cartoon. I agree with that. Uh, You know, it was kind of... The nanotechnology was almost... Not really the MacGuffin, but it was that driving force. It was the thing that Cobra was kind of hedging its bets on. Um... Backstories were a good setup to the first movie. It helped character development. Marlon Wayans was not annoying in this movie. I agree. Good balance of serious and comedy. I agree with that. Like that they didn't kill anyone off or put them in a coma in this movie. Hey, everyone. Duke's okay. <laughs> I just, thanks, big brother. <laughs> I, <laughs> I dislike when they kill off a major bad guy in the first movie. I was nervous about Storm Shadow. I take that back. They killed off Covergirl. So my question is, why have her in the movie? So she could be killed. Um, all she death. did was follow around. Oh, yes, all she did was follow General Hawk around and had him sign papers. Why did they only have two accelerator suits, and why did they give the only two they had to the newest recruits? I didn't follow that they only had two accelerator suits. I just followed that the only two that suited up were Duke and, when, and when, Ripcord. When, first, when the whole part where Marlon Wayne says, what's it accelerate? Aren't there several people standing in there getting that briefing? Yeah, that's what I thought too. So, I mean, it just those two were the only ones to use them in Paris. Yeah. So, excellent sequence of actions and martial arts. Uh, did they only have one camouflage suit technology? Why did Scarlet only use it once at the end of the fight? I don't know how what that's about. Um... Did it seem there were no reservations on the Joe's part when destroying Paris? Well, I mean, I don't know what... They were trying to get that stupid missile, man, because that was going to do a lot more destruction than a few car wrecks. 
I gotta huh? go back and watch this. I only saw it the one yeah. time in theaters. It's on Blu-ray Me too. now, and I'll accept it as a Christmas gift if anybody wants to. Uh, yes, and if you will buy a Geek Out Loud t-shirt, I'll be able to afford to buy that for Derek as a Christmas gift. Um, Money makes the world <laughs> go around. <laughs> thought it tightened up the plot that the French arrested them after they left a path of destruction. I like that Destro and Cobra Commander were captured at the end. Uh, like in X-Men 2, this gives them the opportunity to have an epic escape in the second movie. Maybe introduce the Crimson Guard, Zamot, and Tomax. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, it did have a very it didn't have an X-Men 2 feel to me. It had a very X-Men 1 kind of feel to me where their their cages were like way off in the distance kind of thing. Uh, kind of like Magneto yeah, in X-Men. Yeah. Uh one more thing. I know you've gotten several requests for co-host on your podcast. Um and then he goes to there. So and he, uh, Derek, he, he says you and Derek one? Well, he says if you need our help. He says uh he says they they he gives me a I'm going to I will I tell you what Matt I'm going to check out your podcast um and I'll go ahead right now and give out the link fireduppodcast.wordpress.com and uh and and I'll tell everyone to go check it out. I'll check it out and see what you guys have got. Um because we talked about on last episode it's time for Geek Out Loud Idol. Everyone's wanting to be on the podcast either this one or shoe Derek and I think it's time for people Yes. You okay. Will you be a judge on Geek Out Loud Idol? How is this going to work? I haven't. Well, I, people are going to people are going to send in the last episode yet. I'm, I'm sorry, loser. I, um, I can't do everything. I understand. Well, in the last episode, we announced that T-shirts were starting to be sold. <laughs> it's very um, important thing to remind <laughs> people about. Yes, um, we. Uh, I we. I was talking about. I went off on a little bit of a rant about people. Number one, friending me on Facebook, and then friending my attractive female friends um and then i went off on a rant on people asking to be on because you've seen the emails man about starkville's house mm-hmm. of ale I, and i and i talked about people doing that for goal and shoe and i said you know what geek out loud idol this is what we're going to do send in a two or three minute audition tape but be ready to be ripped to shreds because we're going to have a panel of judges to listen to it talk about it i i, I gotta ask you are any mm-hmm. of these judges going to be Dave Jones or Buck? No, I was looking at you and Casey. Okay. Because if it's either of those so. two people, you just don't need me. I mean, you've already replaced me <laughs> with that. So. <laughs> Anyhow, he says that you and Derek, he says I and Derek inspired him to try his own podcast. We get that um, a lot. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. So, Matt, thanks for that. Uh, you know, that kind of sums up G.I. Joe, really. I guess for me, too, in a sense, um, this this email is from August thirteenth, and it's just been that long since we've had the opportunity to really, uh, you know, really jump in and and do some recording with the show. So I'm still kind of in catch up mode here with everything, email wise, Derek. I understand. So I'm, I'm here know. for the long haul. <coughs> I hear you. If you want to read recipes, that'd be fun. So let's see what we got here. Um. This is a fun one. The problem is my internet's locking up on me. <gasps> I know, right? So I think this would be a great time to talk about Geek Out Loud <laughs> Subtle, Steve. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
Let's see what we got here. We got the red one no. and the black hoodie. So, yes. <laughs> this comes from Jamie. And and Jamie says, uh, Steve, I'm a new listener. My husband, Chris, uh, secretly placed your episode about the 80s on my MP3 player Wednesday. <laughs> the CAD? <laughs> yes. As I was begrudgingly listening, as I was begrudgingly using the elliptical at the gym, I have to tell you my 30 minutes just flew by. Just so you know, I hate the gym, but love the benefits of weight loss. I've lost 40 pounds and have at least 40 more to go. You go, now, Jamie. boys and girls, we call that irony. Yes. When two fat guys sit behind the mic and make the time go faster <laughs> while you're on the treadmill. Oh, man. And for our services, uh, all you really have to do, go buy a Geek Out Loud t-shirt. She Indeed. She says, I am not much for podcasts. However, I'm now hooked on your show. I'm married to what I've now come to believe is your long-lost twin. We have four kids, ages 13, 7, 5, and not quite two. And every Saturday morning, my husband, thanks to YouTube, has been educating our kids in the classics. They currently love Thundercats, He-Man, and the original Transformers. I want to grow up in that house. Slow clap. That is a good dad. That is a good dad. Um, My husband has already taught our kids all about Star Wars, and my boys currently can quote the movies except Episode 3. We won't allow them to watch them just yet. Chris has a Star Wars room slash office slash collectibles that I affectionately call our kids' college fund. Not sure how successful that'll turn out. Back to why I'm now a huge fan. I just love your ability to capture what it means to have grown up in the 80s. Life was just different then. It really was. Kids today have no clue what real cartoons are like. Uh, I agree. I also enjoy your take on movies, television, and games. Not too much of a fan of gaming as I should be. Well, you're going to hate this episode, Jamie. <laughs> Get off the treadmill now. That's, that's right. But I do like to hear your reviews. So or just switch to iPod. Uh, so I can decide what games are good for Quick. the kids. You're down... <laughs> Put on episode 14. Quick, go to the Muppets episode now. Um, Wait, we, we, were down to, we, need to, we need to release the special edition of episode 14, which is I all... Don't, you don't have that? That's <laughs> No, I'm saying I don't know how that would work. It, it's, episode, it's episode 14, but we pimp out the t-shirts in addition to talking about the Muppets. <laughs> we Lucas'd it. We went back Do I just, and put it here's all Here's the thing. Do I just take the original episode 14 and do it that way and like just plug in and we just kind of, and like what we do is we go back and record a few t-shirt plugs and we just throw them in? Yeah. Okay. I can do that. And we'd be like, for the, that 20th, would be funny. the 20th anniversary of that episode, here's the special edition. We just pimp out that the t-shirts. Be, the that would time. be funny. That would be funny. It, it really, I mean, was Star Wars any different? We're, we're just going to re-release them and put in new footage to sell more toys. Don't you don't, I'm just don't kidding. On my Star Wars man? Oh my gosh! I, just, I got you going. <laughs> mm. <sighs> Pam, uh, Jamie says I'm down to earth and easy to under- listen to and understand. Please be encouraged today. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks. I'm not too sure how many husbands out there can say their wives understand and really appreciate the title of geek. So I hope that whoever might be in your life right now truly understands why her geek is who he is and appreciates him just the way he is. I don't know if she does, Derek. Ladies. Uh, she wants to. She wants to mess around in the Star Wars room. Excuse me. And by mess around, I mean she wants to like rearrange Ooh. and organize things. I mean, I know. With, did you mean for that to happen, or is that just the way that happened? What do you mean? Nothing. Go ahead. 
Oh, the mess around? No, I'm just saying what I really... No, I didn't mean... No. Uh, what I mean is... <laughs> I mean, what I didn't mean to do was... What I didn't mean to I do said. was sound like that. Yeah, what I meant to say was she tries to you know, mess around you know, with I've, the I've, Star I've, Wars I've, I just found our angle. I found our, I found our nightly podcast. I know what we need to do. What's that? It's just you and me and what not to do. And what... <laughs> Everybody relationship was, advice. It, it, well, I mean, it's just podcasts in general. What not to do? Well, what's funny about this particular email is Chris had emailed in. I remember his email, and I read it on one show. And I said, "Here's what you do, Chris." And I was totally joking around. I was doing a bit, and I was like, "For some reason, the ladies like Big Honk and Steve." So what you want to do, Chris, is you want to take and you want to sneak in an episode of Geek Out Loud or Starkville's House of L in her podcast. And so when she least expect it, boom, there it is, and she'll be hooked. I, mean, we, I didn't think he'd really do it. I mean, we got our Cavassier. You know? It's the lady. It's, ooh, it's the lady. Ooh, it's the lady. Hello, lady. And I read. And- <laughs> Dear Big Honkin' Steve. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. Ooh, it's the lady. And I read. <laughs> Hey, and here's the follow-up. This is from Chris. He says, Steve, I want to thank you again for a fun podcast. Last time I wrote into the show, I told you that how I sneaked an episode of Goal onto my wife's media player. Well, she thanked me, and now I need to thank you because a couple of days ago, my wife came home from Wait, working Wait, the husband the emailed in after the wife? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I was still up to yeah. snuff here. She came in a couple of days ago from working out at the gym, and she asked me, so who are your favorite superheroes? This is like director's commentary of an email. I love it. I know, right? As far as geeky subjects go, she and I will discuss movies, but she has never asked me such a geek question. Derek, geek out loud bringing marriages together. I mean, that may make them last another five years. Let me tell you what would be the cutest thing, Chris and Jamie, if you guys bought matching shirts and hoodies. (laughs) I mean, they won't be there by Christmas. But what a great way to start off the new year together. Amen. Uh, he said, well, here's his list. Here's his favorite superheroes list. Let's, and I like these. I like going through these things and, and seeing seeing what we think. Uh, I'm going to assume this is, I don't know if this is in any particular order. I'm going to read from the bottom up because I feel like that makes more sense. Hellboy. Uh, any comments on Hellboy, Derek? Never was a big Hellboy fan. Were you? Did you ever read the comics? No, me either. My, my I just first I saw the first movie. Hellboy was was the movie. I yeah. tell you, if if you do like it, though, watch the the animated ones that came out in the past couple of years. The animated films, those were really good. Were those good? Uh, Green Lantern. I, I like Green Lantern. Yes, I I like Turtles. Um. Incredible Hulk. Everyone knows that my, my, my fandom of the Incredible Hulk. Aquaman! How could you not like Aquaman? I Listen, I think Aquaman gets a bad rap. But, I mean, he's a staple in the DC Universe. Even though he's dead right now, huh? Um, Superman. We know our love of Superman. You and I. Never Iceman. You've never heard of Superman? <laughs> never heard of him. That's, hey. What is that? A, a parent, I've heard of the blur. What is the blur? Yeah, I know who the blur is. Blur. I'm not sure about this. This Superman looks like a job character. for the blur. Superman. 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 <laughs> it's sad you uh, and I could sit here and amuse each other with no microphones. That's um, oh, I love it. Uh, Iceman. 
Nothing. Gambit. A lot of people like Gambit. What is the deal? Do you are you a Gambit person? I like Gambit as far as the '90s cartoon went. Okay. As far as the comics went, and and the and I never saw uh, Wolverine. Right. Um. Not 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 so much. But I did I did love Gambit. Gambit was always my favorite on the cartoon. You didn't see you didn't see X Men Origins Wolverine. I, I just I just said I hadn't seen Wolverine. Um, I was confirming that that was the what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I did not see I did not see the Hugh Jackman 2009 film X Men Origins Wolverine. So what you're telling me is that you didn't make your way to a theater earlier this summer to sit down and watch Hugh Jackman perform the role of Wolverine slash Logan in the film X Men Origins colon Wolverine. I saw Hangover three times. Would be my there answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> what? It insists. It insists upon itself. I like the money pit. <laughs> How could you not love the Godfather? It insists upon itself. It, it's like they're just sitting. That's because it has something to say. I love the money pit. <laughs> what an obscure reference. The money pit. <laughs> That was one of those films as a kid I remember going, I don't really understand what's going on, but it's funny. Listen, The Money Pit is on my Netflix queue because of that Family Guy bit. I've never seen You've it. You've never seen and it? It's, no, and it's and it's in my Netflix queue. I'll tell you this much. There is a beginning and an end that to the film. And there is a middle. Well, yes. Uh, I hear that there wasn't a middle to Wolverine, and that's why I didn't go see it. Um, oh, I'm just kidding. I really, I, I, Wolverine was another one of those like Transformers and GI Joe that I would have just gone to sit there and enjoy. The only problem I would have had with Wolverine is the precedent was set high from X Men one and two, and three. I agreed, like X Men three. Agreed. I like X Men three too. Wolverine was all right. It the it. It's like you're sitting there and you're like, this could be a better movie. I'm not sure how. It could be better, but it feels like there should be either a bigger explosion here or a different fight scene. Something, there was just something not gelling with the film that kind of, you walked out, you're like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. And it wasn't really average either, you know? I mean, it was just there. Like, after the fact, when it came on DVD a few weeks ago, I saw the DVD trailer for it, and I was like, there's Patrick Mm -hmm. Stewart. I didn't know he was going to be in it. Oh, now see that's a kick that's a kick butt moment toward the end. I mean, it's a quick cameo kind of thing. Um, you know, they did a great job of not having Wolverine interact with any of these characters. Spoiler alert. That, <laughs> I guess we should have done that beforehand. Um They did a great job of of not having any of these characters that we see later on in the franchise really interact with Wolverine like Cyclops. Um you know, and 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 the whole—I don't know. There, it was good. It was. It was. It was. It was just there. You know, that's the thing. It's like it was just there. My problem with and, the first two is we never got the gratification of Jubilee, who was obviously in the first two films, right? But no reference. Well, made. I would have loved to see another showdown between Wolverine and Sabretooth in two or three. You know, I feel like though their fights were there in the first movie. With what they did with like Nightcrawler and other things in those ne- in those next two movies, I feel like we could have got a really just killer throwdown. That, that was that was two. the one thing I hated about three, no Nightcrawler, because yeah. I love. Oh, that. definitely, 
Yeah, Nightcrawler was awesome in two. But I really, uh, I really enjoyed the third film. I don't know why so many people hated it. I, they, I don't know either. I enjoyed it myself. I mean, I have a few problems with it, but overall, I, I mean, I it liked did not it raise good. the bar as did X two did. No, but it no. was still it was just one of those eh, Saturday afternoon. You know, let's X, go watch it. X Men two, X Men two is one of those movies that. I kind of think as I'm thinking about it right now, I know it was good. I know I enjoyed it, but I like if I if I'm like, well, I'll put it in. I think no, I, f- I remember this being kind of boring. But when I put it in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible movie. That whole White House scene, well, X- at the beginning yeah. with Nightcrawler, X- just X two oh is gosh. one of those. It, it's a rare breed of comic book films where you don't have to be a geek to enjoy it. Right. It's kind of like Batman right. Begins, Dark Knight, Superman Returns. Yeah. You don't really have to now like. The original Batman, the old Superman movies, I don't know, even X1 to a degree, Spider-Man, you kind of have to be a geek to, or at least have some prior knowledge to be able to sit there and enjoy those things. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, X2, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. You know, I mean, I, there are I people think... who were going to Dark Knight and Batman Begins that, that <clears throat> never had picked up a Batman comic in their life. Well, I think all, what all these movies have done, that you know, these quality superhero movies that have come about have done, have just put these people in the pop culture, you know, these characters into pop culture more than they ever were. Spider-Man was destined to be a success just because he's a pop culture icon. And, you know... And it was kind I, of the resurgence of the superhero genre. It, oh, in the yeah, first yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, if DC um, had gotten on the ball like Marvel did when those two films came out... I I like, would be dead right now. <laughs> We'd still be in the theater. Like play I it would again. be dead. P- play it. Again. I would have. I would yes. Edna. Starve Edna. to death in a theater. Play it again. It's just <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen, Edna. No. No. Uh, he goes on from Gambit to Iron Man. You're a big Iron Man fan. Iron Man, my number one Marvel character. Yeah, always has been since yeah. I was a kid. And are are you stoked about Iron Man two or Don't what? Don't get me started. I missed the panel at Comic Con. Oh my gosh, oh. dude! What did you miss the panel for? I if you say Twilight, I will remember. personally no, walk to Mississippi no, just to I kick you. I think I went to the mall. I was on the mm. phone with you. Mm. I was on the phone with you when that hat went Iron Man two. I remember. Uh, but I know you've seen the footage. They've put the footage oh, out there. Oh, I've seen the footage. Yeah, and um, it. I mean, it will make you weep, sir. I mean, I, I cannot, cannot wait. wait yeah, for I've that. seen it. I've seen. It. I cannot wait for Iron Man two. That's uh, gonna be a good day. In geek, yes, and- we will be texting from the theater oh that God. day. <laughs> war machine. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not even that big of a War Machine fan, but I see him, I'm like, that's awesome. I a poster the other day. I wasn't even expecting that. I was like, do do do, get online. Holy crap! There's a teaser poster. And yes, then, and then yes. Fa- you know, I follow Favreau on Twitter, and he's talking about possibly the teaser being attached to Sherlock Holmes. And I'm like, I'm going to see Sherlock Holmes. I'm going on to Christmas see Sherlock night. Holmes. Yes, <laughs> even just for the possibility. The thing is, is I am such a sucker for superhero movies. Even if I'm not a fan of the superhero that much, to see them on screen just blows me away. I love it. Like I was never a big X Men fan, but man, my butt was in the seat for all three of those movies. I agree. You know, and it's just like just to see these people on the screen. I just, I'm an, I am really easy to please when it comes to superhero movies. I like Spider Man Three for what it was, and you know, yeah, I did. You, yeah, so, I feel the same way. Now I could have done without the dancing down the street emo Peter Parker, yeah. 
but for the actual Spider-Man fighting Venom, I mean, Venom was my favorite. I know he's not yours, right. but he was one of my favorite villains as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And you well, hate you know, Carnage. Yes, I do hate Carnage with a passion. I think, oh my gosh, don't get me started on that. Uh, we go from Iron Man to Batman. Never heard of it. Uh, no, no, don't know who that is. Uh, to Wolverine, <laughs> and then finally Spider-Man. And, and apparently they're making Spider-Man 4 and 5 simultaneously uh, with the lizard. And uh, Here's, Vulture. Yeah, and Vulture, maybe. He was he was supposed to be in three. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, here's his favorite. Here's Chris's favorite supervillains. He Sandman, um, Doomsday, Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. the Michael. I listen. Michael Rosenbaum. Is that Derek, get on parentheses? That. No, no. I just I always he has become my Lex Luthor in the past I mean, he's eight the years Lex or whatever for an entire generation now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, just outstanding. Which, not to um, slight Kevin Spacey at all, because I love Kevin Spacey's. Oh, Luther. yeah, heck yeah. That's the one thing I really mourn about a Superman reboot, is is if we get a reboot, we probably won't get Ralph and Spacey no. back as those two characters, he, and he, that really makes he, me sad. He took the Hackman and the Rosenbaum, and... I mean, he made it his own. Well, he took that Hackman Luthor and took away a lot of the... I don't know, he didn't take away a lot of the comedy, per se, but he made it so much more sinister. It was more creep, more menacing than yeah, Hackman yeah. was. Like, the most menacing Hackman ever gets is when Miss Tessmacher looks at him and says, but Lex, my mom lives in Hackensack, and he just kind of shakes his head, like, not anymore. Let me tell you something, you know, though. Never, never before in my life, but just happened across it the other day, because I don't have the big tin box set the right, 14 right. thing I've we've got... had this conversation before oh, I know yeah I've never seen the deleted scenes from Superman 4 in my life before oh, really? yesterday so how bad was that as crap, of yesterday huh? for the first time <laughs> in my entire life being the huge Superman fan that I am finally saw the first nuclear man mm. Aren't you glad they they had the sense to cut that out? I mean, I'm hopefully I'm hoping they they yelled cut and Chris Free was like, "I'm not doing this." Yeah, that's <laughs> no. Hey guys, guys, this was a mistake. That's let's just go let's go right on to the blonde, good looking guy. That's how he got producer credit on that film. He was just probably like, "I'm not doing this." <laughs> and they no, I, I I imagine him having a Bruce Willis like conversation with him. Where he's on, he's talking to him. He's like, "We've got to cut this scene out. This this is dumb. This isn't going to work. This this isn't going to happen." Oh yeah, you think it belongs in there? Well, let me ask you this: Who are you going to get to play Superman? <laughs> and he's <laughs> taking off the cape. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I didn't even that's know. I didn't even know there. what to make of those scenes because I know at the time it was trying to be something that was taking it seriously. And I was like, they've got a walking clown going around trying to kill Superman in mm-hmm. the midst of, I don't know. It was almost a, you know, it was a bad take on Bizarro, kind of. It was... Well, was three... So, no, yeah, three was supposed to be the one with Supergirl and Bizarro, wasn't it? And then they ended up scrapping yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they, they had... I've seen a treatment for what would have been like yeah, a Superman I've 5. Script. I've got the... And I've got the thing for I've got the original Superman three downloaded somewhere 
that had yeah. Mrs. Pitalik and Supergirl and Bizarro. Bizarro. But like in that one, Supergirl and Superman were going to be like lovers, not cousins. Were they? Well, I know it, he Mrs. Pitalik had put a spell on Supergirl, and they were in like they were supposed to be in the thralls of romance at some point. Okay, yeah. So I don't uh, know. What could I know, have like been? We really kind of gripe about what we got, but what could have been would have been. And if you want to hear more mm-hmm. of our thoughts on Superman four, go over to Shoe Two. Oh, you better believe it. And that was a fun night. Buy a Geek Out Loud shirt. Indeed, uh, Lex Luthor. He says Green Goblin. Uh, Dr. Octopus, Mystique, Magneto, Venom, one of your favorites, you said, uh, Scarecrow, and finally Joker. And uh, he says, keep up the great work, Chris, in Florida. I love the fact that this guy's wife, that Jamie walks in, they've talked movies, they've had their TV shows they've watched together, but she walks in, she's like, hey, who are your favorite superheroes? I got a hand All because you, of Decant Loud. I mean, you just, you're like the Dr. Phil of podcasting. I... Let's just get together and talk comic books. I mean, the stuff you're doing, bringing charities together, making these appearances, bringing selling people t-shirts, together, selling a lot of t-shirts over at geekoutonline.com. <laughs> you really have become this whole like I want to be your publicist. I, I'm an institution. I mean, <laughs> we are going to get you on the Mall of America tour, but it's that's big, right. It goes, that's, that, right. that's just the beginning. I'm th- too late for chocolate I'm pie. thinking big honking action figures. I don't know that there's enough plastic in the world, sir. Uh, they made the job of the hut figure. That's true. That's true. It'd be comparable in size. If I can be Salacious Crumb sitting next to you. Dude, what if someone needs to make some Derek and Steve action figures? Straight and up. There it is. Serious business. And the challenge has been set. And I will buy that person as many Geek Out Loud t shirts as they want. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, that would make my life, I believe. Um, so, yeah. So, that's going to be our emails for today because we, we kind of talk a lot. D- Derek, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas is Merry Christmas to you, sir. And one of the things that has become a staple in the Christmas season over the years has been, you know, when when I was growing up, I had different Christmases. I mean, there was the Return of the Jedi Christmas, there was the Masters of the Universe Christmas, Transformers, you know, just different things. But uh, what began to happen is we entered into a more electronic age. Um, what One thing that got really big around the holidays were, were video games. And I know in the 80s, uh, Atari was huge, 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 huge. And, and it went, and then everyone knows the history. Atari kind of, they let things boom and spiral out of control. And then everyone thought the video game was dead in America. And then here comes Nintendo. And what I thought would be fun to do and what we talked about for months doing was just getting together and talking about some old school video games. You know, kind of like the roots of what we have today. I mean, because nowadays everyone's playing Modern Warfare 2, Left 4 Dead 2. There's these, there, you're like, there are some video game experiences where it's almost like you're walking through a photorealistic landscape doing amazing things. Uh, it has not always been that way, ladies and gentlemen. No. And so I thought what Derek and I would do today is, is just kind of go on a roller coaster ride, just talking about some of our favorite past uh, video games uh, from from the early days of of video gaming. Hey 
Derek, where did video games start for you? Um, well, I have an Atari 2600 within three feet of me as we speak. Um, I hear it's you. hooked up in my office with combat put in right now. <laughs> combat. Um, but nice. I think I have somewhere around 75 Atari games that still work. Oh, wow. Um, I've got Star Wars. Uh, I've got Empire Strikes Back. I've got a ton of movies. I've got Superman. I mean, I've got and, uh, and these, these games of Pitfall. I mean, these games don't make sense when you put them in now. I mean, it's just no, like I don't get no. the point. I don't understand what we're doing. Star Wars was always really cool to me because, but the thing about these games is it's usually one or two levels, and that's the game. Yeah, um, yeah, and they just kind of keep going. Yeah, I, Star Wars, you know, is the whole um, battle outside of the Death Star. And then into the trench and everything. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That, I don't guess that's really where it started for me. I think the first thing my sister had a, a NES, Nintendo Entertainment System, and um, the original, and that's really where I started playing was with Mario, and of course, still favorite game to this day, on the same cartridge as Mario, Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt, nice, nice. Well, let me let me stop real quick here. Let me stop before we get into the Nintendo stuff with that Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I had a friend up the street that had an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and it's like that's pretty cool. But somehow my parents found this thing. I don't know. I've never met anyone else in the world who ever had one, but it was an Atari Four Hundred Eight Hundred, and what it was, it was almost Atari's answer to. Uh, in television or whatever had come out saying it was a PC and a gaming system or whatever the case was, you know. It had a keyboard. There was a, 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 a cartridge called Basics that came with it where you could actually program in some stuff to make to make the little cursor do things on the screen. The graphics were a lot better. They were four-color graphics, um, you know, very four-bit kind of things or eight-bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. But but Pac-Man looked like Pac-Man at the arcade. Okay. Um there was a game we had called Caverns of Mars that, like, we just we played the heck out of that game. Where basically you were just a little ship that, and it was all pixels, you know. But I mean, you're just a ship and you're going down through these little caverns and you're shooting things and you're trying to get fuel and you're trying to get to the end before your time runs out or whatever the case may be. Um, there was uh, uh, those were the two big games we really played were Pac-Man and then that Caverns of Mars game. But let me tell you something. For me, gaming all started with Pac-Man. It yeah. was Pac-Man fever driving me crazy. I got I bought into it as a kid. I, I know the whole something Pac-Man big fever. for me. I don't remember how I was playing it, but Cubert. Oh my gosh, Cubert was. Oh, was a big deal. Cubert was one of those I was only ever to pl- able to play when we went to the mall and the arcade they had at the mall had Cubert. And so I would play Cubert at the mall. Was never very good at it. No, and even now I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, what was the purpose of that game? You were just you this little down guy. The steps, and, but yeah, and you had little enemies that were coming up that you couldn't touch, but you had to you had to change the color of all the steps. That's what it was. It was and that was like clearing the level. Out. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And it was um, that Donkey Kong that I remember vividly. Oh my gosh, Donkey Kong, sir. That's the thing, is like these are some great games that really you think about it, there should be no replay value to these games at all. But you pop in Pac-Man, like I downloaded Miss Pac-Man on my Xbox Live. And I'll sit there and play that thing for hours. Something about those simplistic games are, I don't know, Bejeweled? I will sit there and play Bejeweled for nine <laughs> hours. And I'm like, what? What is up with that crap? Just I know, right? Like, I'll get up in the morning and drink my coffee and sit there with the paper, and I'll start playing Bejeweled, and it'll be noon, and I'll be like, I was supposed to go to work. What? <laughs> yes. What day is it? What happened? It's, it's cr- Yeah, I know. It's crazy, man. And... I still love to this day to find a pizza place or a, or like a restaurant that has one of the tabletop Miss Pac-Man games. Um, you know Shane, Shane. Yeah, um, yeah. From Tangent, that owns Strange Brew and Starville. He has the cocktail Pac-Man game. Oh wow! In his basement, fully working. Oh, that's cool. Mint can do like no scratches on it whatsoever in the cabinet. And I tried for years to get him to take take it up to the to the brew to the coffee shop. And he was, I, and I finally, he, you know, he didn't want anything to happen to it, and that I totally mm-hmm. respect. I was, yeah, I was sure. being selfish and wanting to play it, right? Right. <laughs> you know. When I was on well, break. my thing is, is I just, I, if I could find one of those versions of of Pac Man or Miss Pac Man for a decent price, I would put it in my house, and and I don't know that I'd ever leave my house then. And and like, there it I, is. That's how Steve Glosson yeah. becomes a hermit. I well more of a hermit. I've more told you the well. I've told you the story about the hermit in our old neighborhood. Yes, you have when we were kids. Yeah, <laughs> for the sake of everyone else, we used to drive past his house on the way home from places, and, I, and we'd ask ask my woman, I'm "Like, well, who lives there?" And she's like, "Oh, that's just an old hermit." And as a kid, I've never heard that word. I'm like, I've related. I thought Kermit. You know, I'm like, what's a hermit? And she's like, it's just a guy that lives by himself and doesn't really bother anyone. And I thought to myself, that is so cool. I want to be that one day. But alas, uh, you have to work to make money. So <laughs> And sell t-shirts at geekoutonline.com. And sell t-shirts at Geek That's right, that's right. Another one I remember, you mentioned it for the Atari 2600, was Pitfall. Yes. Now, Pitfall was another one of those repetitive games. The levels got a little bit harder as you went along. Yeah, the background the thing was about, still the same. The color would just change. Yeah, yeah, and there might be a few more alligators in the uh, in the swamp. Oh. But the thing about the thing about Pitfall was, it or the thing about all these games is like it, nowadays you play a game till the end of the story, and you and you seek to beat the game. Back then, I don't remember everyone, anyone ever beating a game. I didn't find out about a kill screen, quote unquote, until Fistful of Quarters, that documentary. Kill King screen of, coming King up of in Kong. five minutes if anybody's interested. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone if cares, cares, kill no screen coming up in five minutes. But you know, I didn't know about those that terminology of you could play so far along in the game that it just ended. Yeah, because there was no. I mean, I don't you know, remember ever getting past level three on Pac Man. Right. Right. Well, I just remember Pac-Man keep going and going like you got to the key and you just kept eating keys. And, yeah. and I'm like, when does it end? You know, and it never did. He was just hungry. He just wouldn't stop. He was the original Steve. He just wouldn't stop eating. 
I still say, if you want to see me do my impersonation of Pac-Man, go to McDonald's, get a couple of double cheeseburgers, and line them up in front of me. And it'll be... Well, actually, let's pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, If if you want to actually see Steve as Pac-Man, the Dragon Con video from Start With House (laughs) Bell, when Steve got out on the street and said, what's my motivation? I said, be (laughs) Pac-Man. And that's him going around the streets of Atlanta, Georgia, as Pac-Man. Just that grin just on my that face. Goofy just goofy grin, like, yep, go say goodbye to me. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> oh, remember, I don't. you weren't in there because you guys were outside filming me walking out of McDonald's with that bag in my hand. That but bag I walked was in and it was a, <laughs> that, that bag was amazing. Oh. I walked in, and there was a family sitting there, and I'm like, are y'all through with this bag? They're like, yeah, you can have it. So I took it, and I made it look like there was food in it, and I, I carried out my hand, and we got the shot, and I walked back in to throw the bag away, and the people are dying laughing. They're like, could you walk like that again when you walk out the door? I'm like, okay. Do the Pac-Man. Just go. Do the Pac-Man. <laughs> Is that what we're calling that walk now, the Pac-Man? you got to have the arms swinging in the, the grin. Oh my gosh, Derek! What we need to do now is go back to Atlanta, get some people co- covered up in colored sheets, and I come around the corner and there's one there, <laughs> and I have to take off running from it with the same grin on and your arms swinging the same, the same way. Same... <laughs> <laughs> like there's a moment of surprise, and then I turn around and go. Just work, just moving faster, just running, and then I'll and then I'll eat something, and somehow we've got to have them turn blue, and then I'll start chasing them with that grin on my face, <laughs> even bigger grin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well see those early Atari games though they spawned cartoons. Yeah. Do you yeah. did you ever see any of those cartoons? I remember some of that crap. Yeah. I mean, Pac Man had a cartoon. Pole Position had a cartoon. I don't remember that. That was the Pole Position was the first Atari racing game that I remember, and and there was and the and the song was awesome. Pole Position um, had had a cool Saturday morning cartoon theme to it. They did. Uh, there was a Donkey Kong Junior cartoon, if I recall correctly. Um. And it feels like there was one more. There was a Cubert cartoon, I think. Or there tried to be a Cubert cartoon, maybe. Um, you, I don't remember that. Yeah, this was all on CBS, if I recall correctly. Because <sighs> Let's verify some of this while you okay, talk. Okay, because after that, there was a Dungeons & Dragons cartoon that came on around the same time. Wow, there was a Cubert cartoon. Thank you. Holy crap. <laughs> I do remember this. I do did you Google it? it? I did. Nice. I love Google. I know, right? Hubert. There he is. Hubert cartoon. I d- see, I remember the pole position theme song. I don't remember the Pac-Man theme song, but I do remember the ghost all going, Pac power Yeah, I remember that. the whole family. You know the thing I love about Atari video games? Not that I'm, like, racist or anything. Mm-hmm. But they were all made like by Americans. That's true. Yes. You don't get that anymore. No. No. Oh man. Yeah, there's that Cubert cartoon, all right. Yeah. One of my earliest earliest memories of 
Artari is National Lampoon's vacation, where Clark uh, maps out their entire trip, and he has the station wagon driving, like he's showing the kids, and then they have Pac-Man come in, come up and eat the station wagon. <laughs> yes. Well, and two, everything used that old Pac-Man from the Atari 2600 Pac-Man used those sounds. Yeah. From there, the do 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 do, boom 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 boom, um, and uh, and I I'm gonna I rem- blow your I'm gonna blow your mind in a minute. Keep going. And that was in Superman three. They used those sound effects in Superman three, in yes. the in the computer gaming point. Blow my mind, Derek Russell. Uh, in my closet, my uncle used to work for NASA. No, he's not in my closet. Oh, but um, I was like, why are you keeping your uncle who worked for NASA in your closet? One year, this was long after they were, of course, not cool anymore. But I didn't know because I was—I don't know—I was like five <laughs> or six. Commodore sixty-four, nice, nice, and like a briefcase full of games. Burger time. I mean, I what wasn't it? What what, didn't the Commodore? Was that the one that had like the little number pad as a controller? Well, no. I mean, it was a computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It had a keyboard and a monitor. Okay, and yeah. But it was in television, specifically for games. Right. There was there was there was Commodore sixty four. There was another one that had like a weird control pad. I remember that that I remember a friend of mine had, and we were always playing Burger Time. That's the only thing we could figure out how to play on it was Burger Time. Um, I don't remember that. Burger Time was the game where you were running from eggs and bacon. And you were trying to make it was almost I don't know it had a dig that dug does feel sound familiar and you're oh, you're running dig dug yes <laughs> which is another Possibly game that I don't know what you were supposed ever. to do like I could sit down and play dig dug to this day I'm like what am I doing what's going you on you were trying to get um no you weren't you were already on the surface what That's, were you trying exactly to do? right you you would dig That's, and, and then and then, would, and then you had dug and then you had dug. <laughs> Pretty much it. Space Invaders was big. Uh, Asteroids. Astro- oh my gosh, Asteroids. Asteroids is, is like the equivalent of Bejeweled. It doesn't go anywhere, but just sit there and, and find it. Asteroids one of the dumbest games of all time, but I love it. I mean, you're this little triangle shooting these big circles, making smaller circles until they're gone. Um, and then I would... Isn't that like, but isn't that like a, the social look on life? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Missile Command. What? <laughs> we just got real. Yes. So we just got deep up in this joint. Missile Command, which is, you've got to have the Tom That's Sawyer playing, and you can beat it. Because if you play to the rhythm of Tom yeah. Sawyer. The music of the universe. <laughs> Rush. Yeah, let me go get my Zune and play on that right now. You have a Zune? You have a Zune? No, no just kidding. I get my iPod. That's a Chuck reference. Chuck coming back in January. Derek and Steve's Chuck podcast. Oh my gosh, well. that'd be great! You can, you know what you can do while you're watching Chuck. You can be wearing your Geek Out Loud T-shirt while you're watching Chuck in January. You can, you can get those at geekoutonline.com. That's right. Um, but Derek, the, there is the big story. You know, Atari got too big for its britches, man. Yeah. Atari became the Steve of the video game industry. <laughs> the ego just got way too big, and he ate himself that's, to death. <laughs> Or pizza is gonna send out for you. For you. Oh my! How have we never talked spaceballs? 
We have. Not on the podcast. Oh. I mean, good night. Um, but I'm surrounded by... Mm. See, I've said that before. I know I have. Well, yeah, whenever I'm podcasting with you. We, <laughs> I think I said it during me. me okay, all right. Quick huddle real quick. We've got to pull that line out on Jason and Dan on Flicks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because we can say anything. That's right. I'm actually watching video of the Superbad Atari 2600 because it's been a couple of months since I played. Oh, my God. That's all you did. You would you would be Clark Kent, and then you would walk in a phone booth, and you would be Superbad. And you would just fly. And it would ha- and it had, like, the John Williams theme, didn't it? I believe do, so. Do, do. And what was funny Midi, kinda. was, yeah, and what was funny was uh, there was actually more playability to the, is that a word, playability? To this and there was the NES version of the Superman game, which was terrible. The the NES oh I, I never played that one. I also never played the N sixty four game. Oh, that was that doesn't exist. Okay, in my world. All right. But they did. Eat, I think the big death nail for Atari was like ET. Right. Probably because yeah. I mean the story goes that like they rushed this thing to production. They made, what is that noise? Oh, that's on my computer. What just happened? <laughs> Music just started playing. I'm like, how did that happen? But it was me. Um, <laughs> didn't realize I'd loaded a video. Um, but Now it's really real. Yeah, but they, they rushed this E.T. game to production because they thought because it was the number one movie of all time at that point. They're like, we got to have this for the holidays. So I think they developed it in like six weeks' time. And if you've ever played the E.T. game, you know that it took six weeks to make. It's like it's two screens. Terrible. It's two screens, really. And you stretch his neck and you don't stretch his neck. And um and and they apparently had to end up taking like truckloads of these things out in the desert and just dumping them in a landfill. Yeah. Like that's the legend. And um or fact, I don't know. And it was it was around. The, <laughs> you decide. Yes, I need to do my research, but uh, it was around that time that people started to say, you know, the arcade industry and the video game industry in in America at least was dead. Now this is on the heels of exciting things like Tron. Do you remember the Tron arcade game, bro? Yes, I do. Oh my gosh, that thing was hard. So yeah. so hard. I had a little handheld Tron game. That was really cool that I played that thing for. It was another one of those simplistic things that I would just play for hours and hours and hours as I, a kid. I never really had anything handheld except they, <clears throat> I, and I still somewhere have it just because of the nostalgia factor. It would never probably work now. But um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game. Oh, yeah. They did, yeah. A, handheld, they did a handheld version yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. The handheld games were the were the crap back in the day. They had a lot of them back in the day. This was a different handheld game. It was almost like it was probably about I don't know eight inches wide, and it was in 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 the and it was like a little computer. It was like a small computer, like a monitor, and where the keyboard was, there was a directional pad and a firing button, and it had huh. and it had three levels. One level was the light cycles. And once you beat that, you went on to the next level where you're throwing the disc back and forth, and you're trying to make your opponent miss the disc. And you were going up and down, and you had four little bars underneath you, and once those were disappeared, you were dead. And so you're trying to make your opponent miss the disc so his bars are disappearing. And then after that, you had to destroy the MCP. And so you were throwing a disc, and you had to time it just right to get in there because there was a wall that would appear and disappear. 
and you had to you had to time things just right and it was lit up it was lit up with like a blue and green kind of lights almost like a and it looked very the graphics very digital clockish um to kind of give you an idea of what the lighting looked like very cool stuff like i literally would play this thing for hours and hours love that tron game um but that that movie came out, you know that that was big with, the, and that was all about the arcade stuff. But eventually, they just kind of fizzled out, and people thought the industry was gone. Well, then Derek enter, I guess, late eighties, huh? With eighty three, was it eighty three when Nintendo came around? I think they came out in eighty five, maybe. Was it that early? Because I don't I really. Mean, Nintendo was around for a while before the NES actually. Right, came out. right, but I, but I mean, as far as the NES goes, and as far as I it being big in America, say, I know Mario Brothers came out in eighty five and did wasn't it. it the first game. Yeah, I guess so. I just know that I wasn't really fully aware of NES until around nineteen eighty seven. Hmm. And that's when I remember yeah, the uh, big explosion. Super Mario Brothers. Developed by Nintendo in late 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so it would have been... It's a sequel to the 83 game. No, I do, yes. Mario I do. Brothers. Have you ever now, played Mario Brothers? That. Yeah, I do remember yes, Mario I Brothers. Have. Mario Brothers is, is another one of those crazy games where you're just the same level the whole time, but you're kind of fighting each other. It's yeah. If you've ever played Super Mario Brothers 3, when you're on that outside map, and so, and you're and the person who's playing with you if you're doing a two player game and they're going they go over you where you've just beat a level if you hit like a or something at the at, right at the time they touch you you go into a battle screen where you're battling to go ahead and play the next level and it's the old Mario Brothers game yeah and uh, and and that's that was kind of my introduction yet but I didn't I wasn't really aware of of Nintendo until around 1987 okay. um, a friend of ours got it and we played like crazy and that was right around when it really exploded in our area as far as just being super huge and um and so you know you had the robot thing that came with it for some for the earlier systems you had of course super mario brothers duck hunt duck hunt yeah i've got one i've got one copy somewhere that's actually super mario brothers duck hunt and the track I've got it, dude. Games. Yes, sir. For the power pad. You know what you did on that, though, right? You just got down and you beat it with you your hands. You just got down on your knees and you just beat it with your <laughs> <That's> hands. <right. laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Nintendo came out with this brilliant idea after the power glove called the power pad. I had the power glove, too. No, I never had the power glove, but they had this thing called the power pad. And it was a precursor. It really was, now think about it, a precursor like the Wii board and the Wii Fit stuff. But you had it was a track and field game. And you had this pad with these different dots on it, and you would stand there against your opponent or against the computer, and you were supposed to kind of run in place. And, like, if there were hurdles, if you were playing a level with hurdles, jump or the long jump, you were supposed to jump. But what we found out rather quickly as fat kids was if we just got down on our hands and knees and just beat the pad, we could run really fast. But when the hurdle came, you would lit up. Yeah, you just whoop. And then you'd go back down. Like that. And <laughs> oh, what lazy children we were. But yeah, we had that crap, man. That was awesome. But love some freaking Mario Brothers. And I remember the first time someone showed me how you could get just about unlimited uh, one-ups on level 3-3 three three mm-hmm. with the turtle situation. And I'm like, that is crazy. I'll never be able to do that. And I never was. I always killed myself trying to jump on that turtle. <laughs> But uh, 
but yeah, that Mario was the first game I remember where I'm like, there's an end to this. You can beat this game. You can get Princess at the end. Yeah, and uh, and every level wasn't just the same. Every level wasn't just a little bit harder than the first. You know, you were going underground. There was different music. You were going underwater. You were, and I was just blown away by freaking Nintendo, man. And then someone showed me Metroid. <laughs> I love me some Metroid. Oh my gosh. I on Metroid, how did it I mean, did it use everything that those little cartridges were capable of doing? And more. Because the maps like, I mean it was completely just The maps were so huge, man, on that on that game and the and the the items that you collected to power up and that sort of thing. There was just so much to that game. And it was all it was a free it was one of the first free roaming games that I ever remember. As far as you could just go just about yeah. anywhere on the map, you know? Because you could turn around and go back to the beginning of the level if you wanted to. Well, like after you got I do like you you always start at this one place and I remember that once you got like a certain weapon, you could go all the way back to the very place where you started and fire up and there was an extra energy tank there uh-huh. that you could use your super jump and get. Um there were bosses all over the place, and then you had to go fight the dreaded Mother Brain after going through like this whole infestation of these Metroid things that are terrible to kill. And then you had to kill the Mother Brain, and then you had to get out of there in time, and then you find out that freaking Samus was a girl. How'd that make you feel? Really weird, but I still loved Metroid, man. I still just thought Metroid was awesome. Legend of Zelda? Oh, my God. See, we're just... We're having fun now. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I love me some Zelda. Um, let me tell you, though, I, I guess being a few years younger, it seems to me that while I got into the original games and do love them, a lot of those sequels are what I kind of started out on. Because as much as I've played Super Mario Brothers, I've played the heck out of Mario Brothers 2. See, Mario Brothers 2 has just always felt so weird to me. Well, you know the story behind it, yeah, right? Yeah, it wasn't even a Mario game in Japan. No, it was it. just another game, and then they, they went back and replaced those other characters. But at the end of it, when you finally view the game, you figure out Mario's been dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After you feed, you have to feed the frog or something, don't you? Yeah, and then you figure out, oh, it was all a dream. Yeah. He actually is in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, all is right with the world. Right. You know? <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> we, we didn't screw up everybody's childhood. But see, then they um, came along with freaking Mario 3. Which is, and that revolutionized gaming, in my opinion. Epic. I'm sorry, I love Super Mario Brothers three. You you don't have a Wii. No. Um, Tell me, Mario Brothers Wii is awesome. It's Mario Brothers one, two, three, and Super Mario World all in one game. Oh, uh, like you know the Mario three map? Yes. The way you move. Yes. Same. That's the same way you uh, move levels okay. in this. Like I have been. Geeking out over Super Mario Brothers Wii for the past like three weeks. That is awesome. That just excites me to hear. But I saw that game. I'm like, finally, they're doing what they need to do. Because I'll be honest with you, Mario the N64 Mario 3D game. I'm like, this isn't Super Mario. This is something. No, totally different. I mean it's it's fun, but it's not. That's kind of like Super Mario Sunshine yeah. and Mario Galaxy. I mean, 
those are fun. But I mean, this is what really took it back to Super Mario World. I mean, that's yeah. what it was. It went all the. I mean, because you're riding Yoshi in this, nice. and it's all side scrolling. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I love about it. Yeah, that's what I love about it. And the castles look like they do in the first game. Okay, on the commercial, they play the do 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 do. Do you have to jump oh, yeah. on a flagpole? At the end of every level, there's a flagpole. Yes. And if you get to the top, fireworks. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, those sequels. Did, now, did you like Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link? Well, see, I remember playing it before I played the first one. Really? So for the longest time, I thought that was normal, and then I go back and play the first one and be like, this is weird. But now, years later, I play the you first one it. a whole lot more than I yeah. do A Link to the Past or whatever. Well, and a Link to, was A Link to the Past, that was like a Game Boy one, wasn't it? I thought that was Zelda 2. Zelda now, 2 the was Link's Link. Adventure. The yeah. Adventure of Link. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Uh, so I, I remember Adventure of Link more. being really kind of difficult. Like, I it didn't was. play it that much, yeah. And it came out in 88 or 89. Yeah, yeah. Um, one game that I, I loved, and I know it was popular because he had a character on Captain N, the Game Master, was Kid Icarus. Yeah, I didn't play that a lot, but I, I mean, I have. I beat the crap out of that game, dude. I, just, I used to love to play that game. And you only, I mean, you were after, it was really real repetitive. You were really after three different, items all told um and once you got those man you went after medusa and if you won you got to buff up yeah it was really it was a cool game i I always enjoyed that the mega man series now that was something i did not i had them on nes Mm -hmm. um and of course there's been god I remember having Mega Man 10 on SNES. Oh, my gosh. Did they ruin the Mega Man series or what? Like, I don't know. It I don't just... remember playing a whole lot after 10. Well, see, I played like 1, 2, 3, and 4, and then I remember looking at something. And then they brought in this Proto Man and all these different... I'm like... 10 they... was awesome. Was I it? remember that. Was it? I know they had like a Mega Man X kind of thing. That's 10. Is... That's 10. But no, there was like a... Mega Man X2, Mega Man X3, That when they got to PlayStation. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was just really some weird stuff. We got got going with Mega Man. I'm like, I just miss fighting Dr. Wily. You know? Yeah, let's just take it back to what we're doing. <laughs> let's take it back to Scissors Man and Rock Man and, you know, and, and taking their weapons and using them in different in different areas. Um, but that was what was cool about that game is as you beat your enemies, you got their weapons. Yes. And and once you had those weapons, like there was a pattern. I know to at least the first four games, there was a pattern to where if you could beat this one character with just your regular thing, then you could take that weapon to this character and it would beat him like in three hits and then take his weapon to this character and beat him in like three hits and then, you know, and so forth and so on. And if you could figure out the pattern, you could lick that game. Like you could beat well, that game pretty easily. Mega Man's one of the few ones I remember in the back then that was not owned by a corporation like Nintendo or Sega. So they would cross-platform the games. Like, 7 came out on Super Nintendo, but 8 came out on Sega Saturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't, like, I didn't, I had a Sega Saturn several years later, but I never had a Sega growing up at all. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. I, I In fact, I never played Sega Genesis until I got to college and one of the guys had it. And we played some Sega Genesis in in the mid '90s. We'd do yeah. like WrestleMania and stuff like that. Yeah, Mortal but Kombat. But now one, one, Mega Man one through six were all NES, if I remember correctly. Do you um, 
Do you remember any obscure games from, oh, yeah. from Nintendo like that you love that like no one else really remembers? Um MC Kids. What? Was a um was a Happy Meal thing from McDonald's. <laughs> oh my lord. And um I'm looking at the Wikipedia thing right now because I had to pull it up. I'd still play it occasionally because my my NES is still hooked up. Um, it uh, it was <laughs> it was you were just kids jumping through like Ronald McDonald's world, going after Big Macs and stuff. I'm sure it wasn't probably healthy at all. Wow. But um, yeah, I mean it was that's all it was. I mean it was kind, it was just kind of fun. It was just two teenagers, two teenagers that venture into the McDonald's fantasy world in order to return Ronald McDonald's magical bag, which has been <laughs> stolen by the Hamburglar. Oh my gosh! Well, but like you could play as as, as Griffin, and I mean it was just I don't know. It was it was funny. I like it was one of those obscure ones that everybody would come up and you'd have it, and they'd be like, "What?" But I had like Batman, mm-hmm. like the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, Batman, yeah. and which was a really good game yeah. for NES. Yeah. The, um, hey, the Star Wars game was a really good game for NES. I never had that. That was a really good game. You you could switch off between being Luke, Leia, or Han. And um, why well, don't I remember? I, I I had Super Star Wars. Yeah, this wasn't Super Star Wars. Super Star Wars was a lot better. But Star Wars for the NES was actually a good game. I per- the thing about uh, Star Wars for the NES was it had some great. The, the flying sequences were real fun to like fight huh. TIE fighters and stuff were really, really fun. Like, I, in fact, the only reason I got, to, I got to where the only reason I'd play the game was to get to those sequences. I, there was an Empire Strikes Back for NES, but I don't remember ever really playing that. Um, because by that time, Super, Super NES had come out and you ended up with Super Star Wars, Super Empire, and Super Return of the Jedi. Oh, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. good lord, those were good games. <laughs> Those were good freaking games. Um, I mean, Super Empire Strikes Back is one of my favorite games of all time. It's so hard, man. With that whole Hoth opening, though, with Luke and the lightsaber, is so much fun. I know, but it's so hard. No, Super Return of the Jedi is hard. Super Return of the Jedi was easy to me. Mm -mm. I can't get through Tatooine. Really? Mm, I never could. I super. I, mean, I think I beat it, but like thinking back on it, it was just the so hard part of Super hard. Return. The hard part of Super Return to me was getting the Millennium Falcon out of the blowing up Death Star. Like once I finally yeah. beat the Emperor, which was hard in itself, was to get out of the Death Star as it blew up, because that was a hard level. Like you had to keep the throttle up, and you could barely break it all, and you just had I don't know. Was but crazy, two, w- but the first one didn't have the passwords. Two and three did. Yeah, yeah. Well, my thing with that is, you is I would always like a mother. <laughs> yeah, my thing. But my thing with that was, I never knew any of the cheat codes at work. Number one, oh, and number two, how we've taken the internet for granted. I know. Oh my gosh, I've never even thought about that. I've got to go find our Super NES now at my parents' house. Um, <laughs> But two, you mean I can go back and fix all the things you mean I, I did can... wrong? It's like your own DeLorean. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can go back but and see, fix everything. But I as a kid, up. though, Derek, we didn't have the internet. I know. This is what I'm saying. And so, like, do. I would write down these cheat codes, and they no, get lo- not the cheat codes, on. but I write what down. You had? Did you not have a game genie? No, I didn't have a game genie. Ah, uh, I didn't have I a never, game genie. I never was one of the privileged. I had to borrow game genies. I, I mean, did it really work? What was it? 
it you would put the cartridge into the game genie holder and it would go in the NES like like a game or the SNES right, like right. a game would the end of it so it was like a giant game cartridge mm-hmm. kind of and it would set and then it would I don't know how to describe it but you get what I'm saying it was and then you like rubbed a, it. it it was like yeah and then you would blow in it and then you would put it in. <laughs> um, and if that didn't work but anyway it was it was like a cartridge within a cartridge yeah and so then you would stick it in to the to the dock and it would bring up a menu screen um with I don't, I don't know, kind of like when you're typing a message on Xbox with all the letters laid out, and you and it would pull up like you you would have to go through the entire game database that it had stored within Game Genie and find the game you were about to play, and then you would you would get that game and it would tell you here's the codes, but it wouldn't just let you go. I want to use this code. It wouldn't just be like okay. You so can you have had to yeah. So you heart. had to like. You know, you can never get. You had it would bring up the code. It would be like infinite heart. Boom. You'd have X, to write y, it down, to, and you would have to go and through and copy it. No, you you had to do it. You had to sit there and do it. Okay. Like it would bring up the the keypad, and you yeah. would do it all. But it would take like twenty minutes to put in one code, and then you would huh. press start, and then the game would begin. Well, let me if let I me tell you, I've got one year, thing that outdoes that, the game genie, sir. Well, let me say what I was going to say first. I would write down the. <laughs> I would no, yeah. I would write down the codes like at where I'd get to at a point in the level, and then I would lose the piece of paper where I wrote the codes down on. And so I was like, "Oh God, I got to start all over again." But I got one thing that outdoes the game genie for life, and that is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B A B A, start. That worked for anything, <laughs> man. Thirty men on Contra, dude. Did you do, uh, you get tell me you love some? I Contra. love Contra. I love trans, uh, Castlevania. Oh, Castlevania! Yes, what a great game! Did up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, 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 start doing them. I don't remember. It did on Double Dragon. D- no, I think so. Did it not? I don't know. I'm gonna try it because I never beat Double Dragon. Well, there you go. I but I did love some Double Dragon, sir. I'm trying to think of more obscure NES games. I mean, I've got... We had time. we had at our house, being the good Baptist Christian family we were... Did we, you have King we, of Kings? My, no, but we had like Noah's Ark. I had King of it Kings. Was like a, it was like a three-pack in this one game. You could play Noah's Ark or Moses, where you're trying to get baby Moses down to the Nile, all right, or David, I think, where you were like fighting off lions and bears. But the Moses game, you're running around collecting animals and trying to get them loaded in the ark. I had King of Kings, and it was the three wise men trying to get to the baby Jesus. Oh, wow. Which seems so wrong in itself, but it was fun. Well, you know, I'm just saying, it's like it's a thing where... like Star Wars, I was like, I gotta get on the Tauntaun. It was a camel. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, they did make some freaky games. I'm trying to think of something. Another one, Legendary Wings. Did you ever play Legendary nah, I don't Wings? I recall Legendary Wings. No, that was a weird game where you were like these guys. You were almost like Thanagarians, and for the uninitiated, Thanagarians are Hawkman and Hawk Girl from the Justice League cartoons. You were these guys with wings on your back, and you're flying around with weapons. It was a, it wasn't what it was almost like a 1941 right. kind of game where the screen moves and you kind of have to move with it. 
But every now and again, you would fly over these faces, and it would come, and the mouths of these faces and the ground would be opening up, and you'd see the little wind things, and you had to avoid them because if you got sucked in there, all of a sudden you're in something's innards, and you're having to fight through the innards, which was a lot tougher than just flying around killing things. And, it, you know, it was very Contra-esque in as much as, like, you got power-ups to your gun and that sort of thing. Um, I just remember that game thing, always thinking that game was pretty cool to play. Hey everybody, this is Steve. Two things became very apparent as I was editing uh, this particular episode of Geek Out Loud. One, we had some audio situations go on where my levels were set a little too high. So whenever I said uh, a P word like Pac-Man or put, uh, it's probably doing it right now, popping. It it would pop on you. So I apologize for that. But also, uh, there was a moment in time where Derek realized his audio had ceased to record. We thought it had only cut out maybe a minute or two. It cut out about 15 minutes. And let me give you a quick catch up on the 15 minutes that you lost here. We talked Ninja Turtles 1 and 2 for Nintendo. There was a little bit of talk about um, Ninja Turtles 1 and 2. We then got into the Super Mario Brothers thing again, began talking the cartoon. We talked Super Mario Brothers 2 a little bit. We then talked, we got into a memory, or I started to get into a memory of the Super Mario Brothers cartoon, the only memory I have. We also talked Captain N, the Game Master, uh, a little bit too, but I talked about the only real memory of the Super Mario Brothers game, I, or game cartoon that I had, and that's where you're going to pick up on our conversation, is with uh, that, that memory. So, here we go. So they go to the real world to, to see the Millie Vanilli in concert for like Princess's birthday or whatever. And then like Koopa, King Koopa, Bowser, whatever you call him, he kidnapped him and brought him to the Mushroom Kingdom. So they had this whole rigmarole. And then the, I do not remember that. Yeah, I just, that's the one episode I remember is the one with Millie Vanilli on it. So, and is it King Koopa or is it Bowser? What is that's the only thing I have about these Nintendo games. It became, it became Bowser and Peach when the SNES came along. I, I prefer King that, Koopa. It was Princess and King Koopa. I prefer the Princess and King Koopa, by the way. It just sounds. Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, it was Princess Peach. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah. Well, you know. Um. Dumb princess, quit getting Yeah, what are you doing? I had to go through all this again. I like in Super Mario Brothers 3 having to go through all his kids and everything. Bowser's kids. Yeah, that's what happens in the in the new one too. Same way. That's cool. I've got to get a now. See, I've got to get a. Uh, yeah, it's worth it just for that. Because, dude, let me tell you, at the end of the level, airship. What? <laughs> no way. Oh, wait. Uh, uh. And it's set up the same way. World 1 is the Mushroom Kingdom. World 2 is Desert. World th- I mean, it's the same way throughout. That's great. Oh, that's great. Um, But, you know, talking about all the merchandise these things have created, or just the, the spinoffs, you know, you've talked about the movies. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't made a new, like a whole... Um, <clears throat> Zelda series of movies. 
I wish they would. You know, I think that's something would, they could I'll do. I'll write it. You, I'll write go it. Go for Let's it. Let's do this. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of those, like, G. I mean, that could almost be taken more seriously than, like, G.I. Joe. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I yeah, I agree. Be, but, I mean, like, when you give it that other world type feel. It could be a very, it could be an epic kind of thing. I mean, it could be like Lord of the Rings. It could. It could be along that line. I don't think that they would go so far as to make it, like, no, not that, on that scale that of budget intense, or anything, yeah. but I, it could be a very awesome trilogy of films. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Especially so. with Ganondorf, and, and, and you, it, you could oh. turn Zelda into Sheik, and I mean, it would just be awesome. Oh, man. And kick chickens? I love kicking chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean... And there really needs to be a Metroid film. Dude, Metroid would be an awesome sci-fi film. With with the advances they've made in the games lately, I'm sure you haven't played one. I mean, when GameCube came along and they released the new Metroid game, the, Metroid like the fir- Prime, yeah, the first-person shooter, and it became first-person, yeah. and you were in the HUD display with the cannon arm, and it like that was a whole new world of gaming. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm sorry, I just love the old school Metroid though, and oh, Super I do too. Metroid. Don't get me wrong. If I have my choice, I'll go back. Yeah, Super Metroid, when and especially when you get to Ridley and everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, a, that's awesome. You know, I would just like to see it. That'd be a cool sci-fi thing that you know to have, to have the problem with the mother brain, and everything, and not have a mother brain that talks like this to King Hippo and Eggplant Wizard. <laughs> you remember that on Captain N? I got the reference. Yes. Okay. I'm just- Oh, man. Well, this is our roots. Man, this is my roots as far as gaming goes. And so all things will always be well, compared I mean, to these hu- things. It's, yeah, it's a huge part of geekdom. It's what it is. And I'm sure, as I said earlier, we're going to get emails. I'm going to get emails about what I forgot. Feel free to do that because that's what the show's all about. It's your safe place to geek out about video games. But i got to tell you, pulling the curtain back, it's 1.30 a.m. where I am. And that usually means it's time to go. Or it means Steve's going to go into Pac-Man mode. That's right. Yes, yes. No, I'm going home and going into bed mode, packing myself into bed. Uh, but I know you've got to work. I've got to work. But, Derek, hey, thanks for coming on. I had fun talking to you tonight about video I games. I always have fun on here. Still don't think we top Muppets. Oh, I don't think we top Muppets tonight. But send us an email in. When did Derek and I peak? At what point? <laughs> that wasn't the question. <laughs> we don't want him to stop us. When did Derek and Steve peak? Probably when they mentioned the Geek Out Loud shirt. Oh my god! Hey, you can go to the Geek Out Online website and order those shirts. <laughs> oh man, Derek, let's talk about Starkville's House of L really quickly. Um, you don't have to. It's okay. No, I want I mean, to have, because you're. Well, the, there's nothing to pit. I mean, you don't have to pit me like you do everybody else. I know, but you're the producer of the show, and I, what I really want to talk but about see, is that's that's where I'm different. You have all these other people over, like tell everybody where they can find you. Me, I'm I'm nowhere. Well, but we've got I'm on I'm on Facebook. But we've got SmallvillePodcast.com kicking like fried You've chicken. You've got SmallvillePodcast.com. You're the chicken. listen. You're the man behind the curtain, sir. Don't you bring hu- nah. Don't you bring humility to my show? I'm not bringing humility to your show. It's just that, like, there's nowhere to go find me. It's like you no, can that's find true. You at Smallville Podcast. That's right. I don't have anything to plug. No, you don't. But I, mean, I was you just do a good job of doing that on your own. That's true. But I just want to talk a little about SmallvillePodcast.com. Go get the Geek Out Loud T-shirt. I think the Brain Trust deserves a pat on the back from their esteemed leader, Derek Russell. Uh, season nine, going in Smallville. Yeah, I I stepped down and left it in enabled hands with uh, Steve Glosson. Gleas- uh, and um, <laughs> 
and Edna and the Brain Trust, and they have done a, a kick-a job uh, this season of um, just knocking it out on, out of the park every week, as has Smallville in season nine. So um, I, I think it's been a, a great thing, and um, I miss it. And I miss, I miss you. I think that's what I miss. I don't really miss podcasting. I just miss the frequency at which you and I used to converse. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't happen. I don't know. I think you were getting tired of it. Well, we're not doing two podcasts now. We weren't. I mean, we went from doing two to not doing any on a regular basis together. But now you've got your own thing, your own two shows, plus you. Plus, every time I turn around, it's like, and we've got Steve Gloss this week. It's like, he cloned himself (laughs) because he can't be doing all these by himself. Well, And and there's Steve Gleason. I think we need to plug our upcoming appearance on Flicks. You can check out yeah, the Flicks I, podcast. I'm stuff that I'm actually going to be on. Yeah, you can you can check out the Flicks podcast. Check out the episode for Die Hard, which should be out uh, sometime the week of December 14th, around Christmas time. Uh, just do a search for them in iTunes. Uh, they've got a weird website name. URL, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is either. But it is for one of the greatest Christmas films of all time. We're working on a big trivia off between you and Craig Byrne of Krypton Site for SmallvillePodcast.com coming down the pipe. And then apparently you and I will be on Media Junkyard in January. For Superman Returns as well as Media Junkyard MST3K style for Twilight and New That's right. So a lot of places to find Derek, a lot of places to find Derek and Steve together, which I know a lot of people enjoy. So, um, So there that is. Uh, you can email me. You can email this podcast at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. If you really enjoy what goes on here, be sure to check out uh, weekly the Big Honkin' Show, bighonkinshow.com, bighonkinshow.com. And serious business, really need to sell these T-shirts. you got to get the product moving. So if you haven't ordered your shirt yet, go over to geekoutonline.com and look up across the top, and you'll see the T-shirt page. Click there. And place your order for a t-shirt or a hoodie. We go up to 4X. So big guys like me, I got your back. So uh, so there you go. Uh, but, because but, but you got to pay. That's right. It's just, well, it's $2 extra for for, a, what? for 2X and up. Family guy, hey, fat chicks need loving too, but they got to pay. They got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man. And on that note, Derek, once again, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll see the rest of you next time on Geek Out Loud. Be in.